everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I'm your host, Alexandra Rain, and today my guest is Thomasina. She is a fellow model and very down to earth and also just very insightful. It was so, I mean, I say this at the beginning of every episode, but I mean it sincerely each time. Um, it was so lovely talking to her and get to know a bit more about her. We had worked together last year um, at a presentation, but I hadn't really been able to, ha- like, I wasn't able to have a proper conversation with her, obviously, there, because we were both working, and it was a bit hectic, um, but I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. I hope you do, and without further ado, here we go. To it. Um, it's so good to see you. I know I've only seen you like once in real yeah. life, but it's been really nice like being able, it sounds so silly to say like being able to follow you, but like keep up with what you're doing and you have such a great um, captivating essence. So welcome. It's the beauty of social media. Right? It is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Welcome to Model Student on that note. Um, before we get into everything with modeling will you just introduce yourself for us name where you're from if you have any um fun facts like hobbies outside modeling that you'd like to share nice okay well hello listeners of the model student podcast my name is thomasina um alex and i met during fashion week was that 2021 yeah last year oh my gosh yeah time flies um but i'm based in brooklyn new york originally from brooklyn but i was raised in north carolina um i'm the youngest girl of 10 children so i come from a pretty big family and slightly spoiled (laughs) (laughs) um like to remain pretty humble outside of modeling i also host a youtube channel it's just the same as my instagram thomasina marisa which basically showcases my lifestyle in new york and gives people tips on how to become models and tips on how to move to new york city because that seems to be a lot of people's dreams that sometimes um fear prohibits them from doing that so i just try to provide any guidance that i can on my youtube channel awesome and then you also have um for lack of a better word, a program called Model Wallet, right? Or it's just an Instagram account that I create an educational Instagram account or I guess platform to educate models on finances, I guess, outside of the modeling realm. Um, I went to university before I moved to New York. And so I found that a lot of the conversations that I was having um, between like models and then the students that I was going to university with were very, very different. And I to a lot of the younger models that were entering the industry and they just were splurging on their money. They would have problems of like agencies holding their money. They didn't know how to do taxes. And they just had like so many financial questions. Um, And I got really, really into finances in 2019. So I was like, let me create a platform to kind of help help my people out, you know, try to be more informed of where their money is going, you know? Definitely. I love it. I need, that's like what I need in my life. I feel like especially when you first start modeling and you get, you know, paid, it's like definitely different money from like a barista job. So it's, but it's so, um, pay can be so inconsistent and you don't know like when your next job is going to be and you really have to be smart with your money (laughs) which I it's I feel like finances can seem so intimidating just because of like 
I don't know why. I guess it like wasn't something that was ever talked about really in my family, and like I didn't know what like a Roth IRA was until like last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just stuff like that. But regardless, um, amazing. So, what did you go to university for? What did you study? Yeah, so I studied social work in Spanish, um, and uh, after graduating, I was a social worker for two years. I was working with homeless youth in the city while modeling, so Mm -hmm. I was working um, at a nonprofit overnight, and then during the day was modeling, so I was exhausted for two years, yeah. I was just about to ask, how were you getting any sleep (laughs) with that schedule? It was tough. There were some weeks where I was going like 48 hours with no sleep because I would get off work at 8 a.m. and then have to be on set um, usually by 8 a.m. But I would always tell my agent like, hey, I need some time to get there. Yeah. So maybe like a 10 a.m. call time or 11 a.m. call time. Um, and then I would be on set until like 6 and then I would come home. And if I was off that night, then I would sleep for the night. But if I had to go back to work, then I would be back at work at like 9 p.m. Um, so there were definitely some times where I was going like 48 hours straight, no sleep. Oh, my gosh. I am in such awe of you for so many different reasons. But that's insane. I'm Sleep schedule's okay now, though. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. I was going to say, I hope you've been able to sleep. That's so tough. But incredible that you were able to do that. I studied psychology, so kind of adjacent to social work. Oh, nice. So somewhat familiar, but I haven't ever worked in psychology. So just have it all up up here. Psychology was my major, um, and then I switched it my sophomore year just because I I thought I wanted to start working straight out of undergrad. With a psych degree, it would have been a little harder to get, like, a front-facing job, like, right out of undergrad. Yeah, it's... I feel like you need at least like a master's with psychology to practice but social work this I mean this is not what we're here to talk about but social work seems um like it what's the word I'm looking for um considers like a lot of societal issues as well whereas I feel like psychology is so isolated to just like the individual person and what could be impacting them but yeah that's kind of I mean literally like a day and night difference though going from like being a model on set which is um and arguably very glamorous I mean obviously we know the reality of it and then being spending your nights with teenagers who are facing homelessness Mm -hmm. how did you deal with the contrast between day and night yeah so originally um just in general i like to keep my modeling world and then like my i guess nine to five professional or like orthodox professional world separate Mm -hmm. so when i was doing the social work job no one knew i was a model until like my second year someone happened to see one of my ads and then they told everyone and i was like oh god um but And to answer your question, how I dealt with the day and night or this difference was that I really didn't deal with it. I just kept it separate. Um, And then when it got to the point where I did need to deal with it, um, it was actually like the social work job was actually pretty helpful in the modeling realm. Mm -hmm. Because when I would talk to clients, like, um, I don't know, they're used to models, like having like barista jobs or like nanning on the side. But to hear of a model who's like working overnight and like, working towards social change like they were just so in awe and yeah. I'm doing because I love it not for people to like ooh and awe at me yeah but they just found that um 
super like special and fascinating and so it made clients like more interested in my story and there was actually a couple of times where i worked with clients that were donating to the nonprofit that i was working at cool. so when i would mention the nonprofit, they were like oh my goodness like we just did a program for the kids there we just donated this for the kids there and then that like facilitated further conversation so i think in my case my world ended up colliding anyway yeah them separate but it was actually um kind of helpful how that happened nice so now talking about modeling um when did you start modeling did you know like were you like I want to be a model or how did you get into the industry yeah so I started modeling um when I was around 13 or 14 I didn't um, know that I wanted to be a model I was actually very shy and arguably insecure kid Mm. and uh, there was a school that would always be scouting um, like in the malls and stuff and my mom got some information on them and then she took me and my sisters to try out for the school and none of us made it I personally didn't make it because I was um, they had us like walk the runway as like a part of the audition yeah I was like a shy insecure kid I didn't know what I was doing I had never been on a runway before so I'm walking like with my head down like super shy um but that was my first like introduction to the industry um and i had always been watching like america's next top model like growing up yeah um i never it was never like realistic to me it was just something that i was intrigued by and watching but i never like saw myself doing that yeah um so after i did that first audition something kind of like sparked in me like hmm, maybe <laughs> this is what i would want to do because like i thought i was going to be a lawyer like that's yeah. what i was telling. um And so when I turned 14, I went back and I auditioned for the school again and I got in and I was trained um, by Miss North Carolina USA. I think that was 20. She was Miss North Carolina USA. I don't remember what year, but um, she was like my runway coach. Um, And so she trained me on my walk and then I took acting classes. And so I was doing like a lot of like extra work and background work and doing like photo shoots on the side here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was pretty much like freelancing from the age of 14 up and up through college. Yeah. Um, Just doing photo shoots with photographers in the area and then photographers like around my university. Um, And then at the growth of the love that I had for modeling just continued to expand and I was starting to feel confident in myself and was starting to feel beautiful um and I'm not gonna say like it was an easy road it definitely was not like there was um this big showcase in North Carolina I think it was called like women's empowerment Mm -hmm. and as a part of the program they had like this big like fashion segment and I auditioned for it every single year um, from starting from the age of age 15 and I would never be selected ever. And every time after every casting, when they didn't pick me, I would cry Yeah. every single time. And it was so, I was so confused because the, the main casting director was like, oh my gosh, like you have such a phenomenal walk, but compared to all the other girls, I wasn't the skinniest and I wasn't mm. the tallest. And so I think the designers like I wasn't as eye-catching to the designers, even though I have the strongest walk. Yeah. So I would never get picked, and I would cry each time. And this went on for about three years. And I remember vividly, like one of the last castings that I did for them, I was maybe like sixteen or seventeen, and my mom was like, um, "You've got to toughen up. You've got to get thicker skin. I'm not taking you to any more castings if you're going to continue to cry after everyone. Like you got to suck it up. If you cry the next time, like I'm done. Like we're yeah. not." We're not going to any more castings. 
And so after that moment, I toughened up, got some thicker skin, and I don't think I've ever cried for not being booked after that's, after that conversation. Yeah, I like that's what I need. I need your mom to like look me in the eyes and tell that to me, especially like in New York. I remember after one of the castings last year, like the whole day just being like wrecked after and crying and just. Like, that self-loathing, that's just so unshakable. Yeah. But how... Okay, so first, I want to ask you... I have so many questions within that, but with the runway coach with Miss North Carolina, what was that like? Because I was actually talking to some friends earlier today, like an hour ago, literally, like, sending them a video of my walk and, like, okay, what do you guys, like think and their models as well and one of them said like I went to a runway coach and I haven't ever heard about that surprisingly what were yeah. some of the things that she taught you that you felt like were helpful um what I felt was helpful um one of the reasons why I didn't get selected the first time around is because I was walking with my head down mm -hmm. so obviously like the posture she always says like walk like you have a string being pulled from the top of your head so um, just walking, kind of like an ostrich, very like <laughs> proud and confident, keeping your head up. I think that was like one of the main things that she pointed out, um, all really about posture. And because I was a shorter model, model compared to everyone else, um, my stride was very important too. Mm. So making sure that I was taking longer strides to kind of elongate my, my body in general. Um, so I think those were two of the the things that stood out yeah definitely do you think how tall are you I'm five seven okay do you feel like have you ever seen your height and I don't think I just want to preface this by like I don't think this yeah. but for yourself did you ever see it as like a limitation or you mentioned like with that one showcase that happened the designers not wanting to work with you and it seems so arbitrary and silly especially if you have like a strong walk and you have that presence and then with what your mom said to you about having to toughen up how do you feel like you gained confidence and how do you feel like you dealt with things that other people were saying were quote-unquote wrong or oh you're not tall enough or you're not this enough how did you work with that or work through that rather yeah, so when I kept getting rejected for those shows in North Carolina, I wasn't, um, it wasn't like, a, he wasn't putting a damper on my self-confidence. Mm -hmm. I wasn't crying because I wasn't confident. I was crying because I was frustrated. Yeah. I was frustrated because they were looking at my height rather than my talent, and I just thought it was the stupidest thing. Yeah. And so what kind of made me... Um, so like a lot of people ask, like, is my height a hindrance? I yeah. feel like, no, anything you feel like you can do, like you can do it regardless. You see, um, I think her name is Halima. She's like five, four and yeah. walking like Gucci and Prada. Like your height is not a limitation. It's only a limitation if you believe it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so after those North Carolina shows that I was casting for, when I moved to New York, I've walked New York fashion week every season since I've been here and I've opened multiple shows at my five seven height and I'm yeah. confident five eight but like when I walk in a room like you can tell I'm not five nine if I'm standing <laughs> on a whole bunch of five nine five ten girls you can tell that I'm like a little more petite yeah but if you have the confidence if you walk in like you own the room um you're gonna get it and the truth of the matter is some designers 
just prefer their clothing on taller, leaner women. They feel like their clothes look better on those kinds of women. And if that's the case, then that just may not be the client for you. And you move on to the next one. And so a no is not like a no forever. It's either a no for this specific client or like a no right now. Because let's say Gucci turns me down this season. You know, inclusivity is growing. Yes. And be like, oh yeah, I want her. She fits. She fits what we're um, looking for. So you can't allow people or these certain industry standards or limitations to kind of like guide your entire career. I think yeah. you have to write your own story and stay true to that. Definitely, a hundred percent. I think a lot of people want to model. Like I got a comment on my TikTok the other day that said like I want to model, but I don't feel like I have the look. And this. I respond, I said, if you believe you have the look, then you have the look. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, like you said, it's just owning it and having that confidence goes beyond any sort of what's on paper, arbitrary measurements or anything else like that. Definitely. Especially these days, I mean, I mean, like back in the day, like when we were growing up yeah. watching America next top model there was a very defined and niche look for a model and if you strayed outside of that like no one was even going to look in your direction but I think that the industry has developed so much like so far beyond that and models can look like anything these days so I also get that comment a lot on my YouTube channel like can you look at my Instagram and let me know like if I have what it takes to be a model and I'm like no (laughs) (laughs) you're asking me then maybe you don't yeah this is not a cookie cutter industry like if you don't think you have what it takes to be a model no one else is yeah definitely even yourself more than anyone else does in this industry i feel like totally and and it's tough it's harsh like yeah that's a really cool thing to say but it's honest it's honesty and i think that like i'm not gonna sugarcoat anything i'm gonna tell you like it is if you don't believe that you have it then maybe you don't totally but you have to believe if it's what you want you have to believe it totally i know it's so i feel like a good like honestly 90 percent about being a successful model is like you said believing in yourself or at least that's gonna be the first step to getting you in the rooms where it can happen okay. It's just such a mind game, <laughs> but it's yeah. like once you packed it, you packed it, and it's, you just have to trust yourself and know that you can do it. Do you feel like you've had any doubt from friends and family about, like when you say, I'm a model, or I'm going to model, or I'm moving to New York, did you face any sort of like pushback, or like, eh, I don't know about that, or eh, like that's not realistic, what were your yeah absolutely like I my family is very supportive um but I think I was the first person who kind of chose an unorthodox career Mm -hmm. or something outside of the normal nine to five something that is not as stable yeah and um so when I graduated university well the thing that made me realize I wanted to pursue modeling full-time I was actually interning in Chicago for the summer um and I think I had had a random photo shoot with a photographer out there. And then I called my brother, who is a photographer out in Qatar. Mm. And I was like, I think I want to take modeling seriously. Like, I think that's yeah. what I want to do full time. And he was like, so do it. Like, go for it. And after that conversation, that's when I knew, like, that is what I, that's what I want to do with my career. 
And so after graduating, I told my parents, you know, I'm going to move to L.A., I'm going to get signed out there and like I'm going to make my modeling dreams come true and they were like mm, we think mm. <laughs> <laughs> LA is a little star like you don't know anyone out there like yeah. I, I think you should just get a regular nine-to-five job and like you can model on the side if that's what you want to do but we really think that you should just get like a full-time job and I was like yeah no okay if you guys aren't cool with LA I'm going to go to New York I'm going to get signed in New York and I'm going to go for my dreams yeah um, and they were just like mm think you should just stay home and like just work and save your money and like get a full-time job um but no I moved to New York and even um like my first year maybe my first two years in New York um my parents would still try to plant that bug in my ear like you know you can back you can back out anytime now like yeah. you can come back home and get a regular job um, and it's, it's really all about stability. Yeah. It's not that they don't believe in me or that they don't want to support me, but they're scared. Yeah. I am their baby girl and they just want to make sure that I can afford my lifestyle and like not have to depend on anyone. And so a lot of it was fear. Um, but I couldn't allow other people's fear to stop me from living my dreams. Um, so like I said, they were, they were supportive, but they were just scared, um, about the instability yeah a, a freelancer or entrepreneur because no one in my family has done it before so definitely I think that's like the logistics of it all and f- like you said the instability of not knowing when you're gonna get paid not knowing when exactly. you're gonna get booked but I think you have to undoubtedly go for it and I feel like it's so I honestly, I feel like until very recently have I been able to say like, yeah, I want to model. And like, this is what I'm completely committing to because it's like the looks you get from people like family that just want the best, but it can get tricky. So moving to New York is something I want to talk to you about because like you said it, I think it's something that so many people want to do, but don't know how or don't know how to make the jump to or like that leap of faith how did you move to New York when did you move to New York and did you have an agency at that point or what was the situation like when you moved there yeah so um so I was originally the plan was actually to move to LA um, but the agency that I signed with had an office in both LA and New York. Nice. And so after graduating, um, I spent a little bit of time in LA just scouting for agencies. Um, and I had no luck. So I went back home to North Carolina and then I ended up going to New York for fashion week. And the agency that I was going to meet with in LA had an office in New York. And so I asked them like, Hey, can I just meet with the office in New York while I'm here for fashion week? since I'm already back home from LA. And they were like, yeah, sure. So I ended up meeting with the agency during fashion week and they signed me on the spot. And so um, because I was able to get the contract in New York and my parents were more comfortable with me moving to New York because this is where we're from and we still have family here and stuff. um, I finished out fashion week, started applying for jobs, utilizing my social work degree because I knew, I didn't know if I was going to be working immediately. Um, Came to New York, so that was probably like a span of like a month to two months. I had applied to a whole bunch of nonprofits in New York um, and flew out here for some job interviews, ended up getting the job. And after I got the job, I moved to New York. Um, and 
totally I know it's one of those things I always feel kind of silly asking because it's like you just do it like you get a job you get an apartment and then you just go from there but I think what's the most intimidating for people is I mean listen New York is like the city it's so big if you're not from there if you haven't ever been there I mean definitely go before you like make the jump to move there obviously but I think it's just how expensive everything is and being away from you know where you've grown up but there's so many opportunities there I'm curious. I mean, it's not, it's not an e. I'm not going to make it seem like it's an easy move. There's definitely a lot of like logistics that goes into it and you have to make sure that you saved up enough money and yeah. then you have to make sure you're scouting for roommates correctly and scouting neighborhoods correctly, especially if you've never, um, came to New York. Like I just had a friend move to New York. Like he's always dreamed of living in New York, literally never been to New York <laughs> a day in his life and he moved here without yeah. ever even visiting. And so um, it is not, I'm not going to sit here and say that it is easy, but it, if you want something, you're going to do what it takes to get it, you know? Definitely. Yeah. With the New York thing, just a few more line of questions here. Yeah. What, how did you find an apartment? How did you find the right roommates? And what, how did you know I mean, you've been there, obviously, and you mentioned you had family there, but as far as finding a neighborhood that's safe, how, what did that, like, Googling process look like, or what did that? Yeah, so I definitely, um, I would say that I probably, my journey was a little bit luckier than Mm -hmm. other people, or, like, easier than other people, Um, so when... I first moved to New York, my original housing fell through the day that I was flying to New York. Um, so I ended up having to leave the airport. My luggage and everything was already on the plane on the way to New York, and I was not. Um, so I went back home and was like scrambling, trying to figure out where I was going to stay when I landed because I started my job like a few days later. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, Um, One of my mom's friends owns like a building out Mm. here. And so I stayed there for that first week. And during that first week, I was looking at apartments, looking at apartments. And so I, um, Facebook was like my best friend when it came to looking for apartments. And so I think I had posted um, that I was searching for roommates and with my criteria and everything. And this um, brokerage... I think it's a brokerage or a real real estate agency reached out to me um and then i had basically utilized them to find apartments so i was literally driving around with them like they picked me up and we just went and um, looked at houses or apartments and um i ended up getting lucky that the apartment that i got all three roommates had already signed for the apartment but ironically two of the roommates signed the lease and then dropped out randomly so it was this beautiful three-bedroom apartment washer and dryer in unit amazing amazing (laughs) and so I went and toured it and I was like immediately yes like I'm signing right now and so I signed and then one other person came in after me and they signed um and it ended up being great the roommates were great like so I got lucky um, with that real estate agency that was just really, really helpful and like yeah. um, 
hands-on with the whole process. Um, so yeah, but uh, Facebook, I would say Facebook was definitely really helpful in the process. Totally. I know, I feel like everyone forgets about Facebook or like Facebook groups, but they're kind of a godsend, honestly. <laughs> like, they're really so helpful. helpful. Yeah. Definitely. So going back then to modeling, you've worked with so many brands and you're like yeah. very impressive in that regard. Who have been some of your favorite brands to work with? What have been some of your best set experiences? Um, and feel I, free to brag because you it's well, so I, 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 I honestly really don't brag. Like I don't, most of the bookings and things, like I don't post it on social media. Like, and no one knows that it, it's out until someone is like, oh, like, hey, I saw you in this thing. Yeah. Um, but... I would say one of my most memorable ones was um, the kid campaign I did for the U.S. Olympic or USA Olympics for that was last year. Yeah. Um, because it was so last minute. Like I think they booked me like the day before I was supposed to be on set, and um, I didn't know that it was going to be as intense as it was. So they booked me as a principal runner, mm. and I thought it was just gonna be, like a light dog. <laughs> They had me sprinting, like full on sprinting, and we did maybe like twenty takes. So I was sprinting and sprinting. It had to be like the hottest day oh of twenty five degrees. I'm sprinting around this track over and over and over again. Um, but it was the most fun and most memorable experience because it was a quick turnaround time. So we shot it on a Saturday, and then the campaign released like that Tuesday or Wednesday oh, or something nice. like that. Um, and it was the Olympics, so it was a pretty big deal. My family is, like, I come from a family of athletes. Yeah. And so um, my brothers were really excited about it. Like, I got to keep all the gear. And, oh, and the sick. team was amazing and so friendly. So I think that was probably, thus far, I think that's been my favorite and most memorable. Yeah. Shoots, so yeah, that's I'll, I'll, yeah. so cool. I'm always I get kind of nervous when you know, like your agent or like online with like casting networks, you have to fill out like your skills. I'm, like always so skeptical. I'm like I can run, but like could I? Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like oh I don't want to. I put everything. That is so funny. Um, that you said that because roller skating, I also list roller skating as a yeah. skill. But it's kind of like intermediate. Yeah, um, I always put intermediate. <laughs> I did a job last week though and I clearly said that I was an intermediate roller skater and they wanted me like roller skating on like the ramps and stuff like at the skate park and I was like you're like how would you guys book me for this I said intermediate I like, know I know I'm always scared that like clients have a skewed version of like, what yeah, they mean what by that yeah, yeah but that's so funny so final questions how have you stayed grounded throughout modeling you seem like such a even talking to you more so now, like a level-headed, down-to-earth person, I feel like it's very easy to get swept up in the industry and develop a really big ego. How do you stay yourself throughout it? Um, yeah, I honestly, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel like having interest outside of modeling yeah. is very very important if modeling is like your end-all be-all when you're not working and when you're not booked you're going to be very very depressed yeah because you have nothing else to lean on and so i pride myself on having other interests as far as my youtube channel like i'm super active super into fitness i love eating so i'm always going out to eat and like hanging out with friends 
and um I know I saw your Instagram story right before this I love it I'm literally always eating no it's so good really into like real estate and stuff so just having like interest outside of modeling that you can lean on when you have those slow seasons is super important um yeah I think that's my biggest tip I think if I like if anyone were to take away anything from just like my podcast as a whole like I want it to be that like you have to have things outside of this job or else you're gonna like you said be so depressed and like lose it because your self-esteem will just plummet a thousand percent um what advice would you give to aspiring models or people who want to break into the industry oh what advice I would say know your why Mm. because I have so 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 many girls asking me like how can I be a model I want to be a model like all this thing because they see they see the Bella Hadids and the Gigi Hadids and the Tyra Banks and Naomi Camels and they see like how glamorous and like wonderful their lives are but they don't know like what really goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. And if you don't have a reason beyond just being a pretty face and taking pretty photos, if you don't have a reason beyond that, like you're, it's not, your career is not going to be as long. There's yeah. not going to be any longevity in your career because there's nothing behind the face, especially clients nowadays. Now that like social media presence is so important, they want to know like, who is this person? Yeah. Who is Thomasina? Who is Alex? Like they, want to know what you are beyond modeling so you have to have a reason why totally. you are pursuing the journey um and i think once you know that it'll make you want to work even harder to achieve it if that makes sense it does and i think it also provides so much clarity of knowing and it's easier to commit i think because i think the first i'm going like on year three of being signed and having contracts at least with my mother agency and the first two years honestly it's like I this is just something that people have always told me to do so I guess I'm gonna do it and like yeah it seems cool and I really don't think it was honestly until a couple months ago I started acting classes and anyways which has been so fun but my coach said like you know to write out like a mission statement and a purpose and it's so nice to have that to refer back to and like okay this is why I'm doing this. And I think it, for something that is so centered around yourself, kind of takes you out of the picture and it's, you can have some healthy separation, I think, between who you are as a person and then who you are as a model or as a business or as a yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That makes, see, you know what I'm talking about. No, you've been speaking my language this whole episode. You are like so lovely, so incredible. I'm so happy that I was able to meet you and I hope I'll be in New York um this upcoming season so I want to see you and we can get dinner you can take me to all of your favorite restaurants that is my thing like that you don't have to say anything but a word Um, amazing wait where are you based I'm in I'm in LA right now so I was in Salt Lake until um June because I was finishing school and then just getting my head screwed on straight honestly um, but I'm in LA and then I'll be in New York for God knows how long. We're starting off with like two months and then we'll see what happens. But Okay. Yes. Yeah. And as a side note, you don't yeah. have to keep it there. Do you do people call you Alex or do you go by Alexandra? No, I love that you asked. My friends call me Alex. So you okay. can call me Alex. But I feel like most 
people professionally call me Alexandra. But okay. I, I'm like indifferent, like either or. Alex or Alexandra works just, just fine for me. Yeah. No, no, no. My friend's name is Alexandria, and I call mm. her Alex, and so it was like a natural thing. But... No, no. It, we're we're on the same wavelength. We're bonded. Okay. So you can call me Alex. Seriously, you're, you've been so helpful and insightful. Oh, you were so sweet. No, really. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. Seriously. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Model Student. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to leave a rating interview and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.